Welcome to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, where each week our goal is to simply get a better understanding of God's Word, the Bible. We hope you will get reading this amazing book and join us on this exciting journey. And now, here's your host, Pastor Mark Miner. Wow, thank you everybody for uh, stopping by and sharing 24 minutes with myself, Mark Miner, as, uh, uh, as your tour guide, as your host on this excursion called the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. Now today's episode is episode 78, but I made you a promise back in January, and if you're a, a regular listener, you probably remember this, I, I'm astounded every week there's new listeners, and we thank you for being a part. Thank you for joining in, and I, I want to tell you, I, my hope and prayer is that you find this exciting, interesting, the Bible gives us the word enthusiasm, it comes from entheos, which means in God, and for those who are in God, there is an enthusiasm, and God's book, the Bible, is enthusiastic in how it presents itself and how it helps us to understand ourselves. So uh, I'm getting excited just talking to you right now, but we're looking at an exciting book today called the Book of Esther. I made you a promise back in January, if you've been following through, that, that we would cover the entire Bible this year and that you would know, I believe, more about the Bible than certainly you, you do currently. That's my hope and prayer. But also, I, I mentioned that uh, our method, our journey is going to be a little different. There are 1,189 chapters in the Bible. Some people will try to trudge through every one of them, reading through the Bible in a year. Nothing wrong with that. God bless you if you do that. But let's face it, there are some swamps and some slogs and some slow places as we read through the Bible. Genealogies and chronologies and places that we can't pronounce. Again, nothing wrong with that, but our method of studying the Bible is a little different. We're we're hopscotching, if you will, across the Bible, hitting the high points and giving you something about each one of the books so that you can remember, so that you can feel confident, so that when somebody says something about a book, there will be something rising up in your mind, and you will say, oh yes, that's about this, or that verse is contained here, or this story is here. And if I've achieved that, and if you have encompassed that in in your excursion this year, I, I will be a happy camper. I will be very pleased, and I hope and trust and pray you will as well. So thank you for joining us um, for our 24 minutes. I want to start with something that's a little risky because this might be boring. And as I said, I don't like boring. I like exciting. God is exciting. But I want to do just a little bit of review Here we are today on book 17. We're going to be looking at the book of Esther in the Bible. But as we do that, I want to go back and just remind ourselves where we've come from. So, uh, and with each of the books, of the 17 books that we've covered so far, uh, I gave you a word, a phrase, a concept, an idea, and I'm going to go over them. If you've been listening since January, you should know these. These ought to just pop into your mind. Well, I'm hopeful that you are. If not, maybe this will jog your memory a little bit. But the Bible makes sense. It's logical. It's basically chronological. And if we can get the concept. So here we go. Let's start with the book of Genesis. I gave you one term. Genesis means, I heard you, beginning. Yes, the Genesis is the beginning. And then the next book of the Bible is Exodus. And what was that? It was the exit out of Egypt. And then the next book is Leviticus. And Leviticus is law, the different laws. Then we had the book of Numbers, book number four. And in the book of Numbers, we're taking a census 
at the beginning and the end. So we're counting. Uh, so that's the book of Numbers, number four book in the Bible. Deuteronomy is Moses' farewell speech. That's the book that means two, second word, and it's his farewell speech. So now we've covered the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses, the books of the law, the Pentateuch, or the Torah, all of those talking about the same thing, those first five books. Then we jumped into Joshua, and Joshua's a lot of blood and guts and gore and fighting because Joshua's a military leader, and they're conquering the promised land. So they were encompassing or receiving the promised land that God had taught, told Abraham about, but now Joshua was securing. The next book in the Bible after Joshua is Judges. And we talked about how the judges were like governors, and the states of Israel, those 12 tribes, were just independent states, and they had judges who would help to lead those independent states, those 12 tribes, if you will. Uh, then uh, we, after, so judges was about judges or governors. The book of Ruth, one term or one concept, and I gave this to you, great-grandmother. Ruth had a lot of things about Ruth, but she was the great-grandmother of the greatest king of Israel, King David. So great-grandmother was Ruth. Then we combine First and Second Samuel because Samuel was a kingmaker. He anointed the first two kings of Israel. So First and Second Samuel, kingmaker. Then we talked about First and Second Kings, and that, of course, is the book of all the different kings before and then after the Civil War in Israel, 42 kings. So that was the term I gave you, 42 kings. Then there's Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, and those are records, lots of census, lots of uh, listings of people, and, and over a thousand names listed, because it's a record. It's a chronicle of, of all these people. So that's the word that I gave you to remember Chronicles by, records. Then we looked at Ezra, and Ezra's job or the purpose, the thrust of Ezra, the book, was to rebuild the temple. Ezra goes back to rebuild the temple. Last week, if you're following along in order, last week was Nehemiah, and Nehemiah's job, uh, signed by God, was to rebuild the wall. So Ezra rebuilds the temple, Nehemiah re rebuilds the wall. And now we come to book 17, and for Esther such a, a brilliant light. Uh, God's uh, provisional plan is, just unfolds in the life of Esther and her uh, adopted father, who's actually her uncle, Mordecai. Uh, we see God's plan not only for us as common people, as his people, but also his plan for his nation and even in the world. So as we look at the book of Esther, I give you this uh, uh, key phrase for Esther. And it's this, queen, queen of Persia. Esther was the queen of Persia. Now, we're going to dive into that in just a moment, but I always start with a little bit of background. We need to understand a book uh, before we can really understand the concepts taught in the book, most often in the Bible. So here we go with a little bit of background. Uh, if you've uh, watched movies before, there's so many movies out there. Some are Disney, Hallmark, Up Channel, different things, but a lot of them about royalty, surprised by royalty. There's a girl that's dating a prince, and she doesn't know he's a prince, or, or there's a, a king that, that uh, is dating someone, and, and they, they don't know that the, the royalty's involved. And so many movies about that, a daughter who finds out that her dad is a king. So all kinds of surprised by royalty, and that's the movies. Well, Esther certainly, in a sense, qualifies as one of those types of movies uh, in a little bit different aspect. Esther was a Jewish girl. She was born in Persia. 
She lived her life there, uh, but she was still an outsider in one sense. Uh, as we think about Esther, uh, she was an exile because she had her parents anyway, had been brought over uh, from Jerusalem to Persia. Remember, the Babylonians and the Persians gathered the best, the wise, the learned together. And so here's Esther in Persia, but she was an exile. Not only that, she was an orphan because her parents were dead. Not only that, but she was a captive because she was totally under the control of the Persian government. So a lot of things about Esther as we think about her book. I want to give you this next concept. Maybe you have or haven't thought about it before. It's a little bit of conjecture, but Esther was also a victim, probably a victim of a sexual crime. At least we would classify it that way today. As Esther is groomed and ultimately presented to the king for a night, we assume that something probably took place during that night. It wasn't at her direction or because of a great love or, or anything like that because she'd never been with the king. But there is a good chance that Esther, not only as an exile and an orphan and a captive, but she was also in a sense a victim. And yet, most importantly for our story, and as we see God's grace unfolding in Esther's what could have been tragic life, in fact, she was chosen, and she became the queen. And so we understand that, and that's really the thrust of the book. But, but the most important, the most germane to this whole book is that Esther had courage and strength and dignity, and she put herself in harm's way, harm's way to save herself and her people but in a real sense, harm's way to save all of humanity. So here we go in the time left. Let's talk about uh, the empire of Persia for just a minute. Persia was an, a vast empire during uh, 450 B.C. During these years, uh, from India east to Iran and Iraq, I've given you countries that we would know of today, down to Egypt and to uh, Ethiopia and Sudan, uh, down the Nile, all of Turkey, to Russia in the north, to the doorstep of Greece, a vast area of about 5.5 million square miles. Persia was sophisticated. It was wealthy. It was powerful. It was creative. If you go to the Facebook page that accompanies the 24-Minute Bible podcast, you'll see some artist conception of what the palace looked like, even some ruins of some of the beauty that once was Persia, particularly the city of Susa, where Esther reigned and where she probably lived most of her life. So the empire of Persia was amazing. The Bible tells us it was from India to Kush. And so we understand that, which is, is Ethiopia. So uh, what an amazing uh, culture was going on there. But guess who was the queen? Through a divine plan, through no uh, device of her own, God works through the beauty, through the talents, through the personality, through so much uh, that we could understand and perhaps some things that we can't. But there is an attraction to this beautiful, incredible woman, Hadassah is her Hebrew name, but we know her, the Queen of Persia, as Esther. Isn't it amazing when you step back and think for a moment how God has used some people that should have lived miserable lives, but they chose to continue to follow God, even in the midst of their adversity, and what amazing things God does. For example, leadership, positions. Remember Joseph, the slave, the captive, the unjustly accused, and yet what happens? 
He ends up being second in command to Egypt, to Pharaoh, all because God was with Joseph. And then there's Moses, who was raised in the courts of Pharaoh and ultimately uh, is the one who destroys this, uh, this culture, at least as far as the army and setting his people free, uh, not with guns and knives or power, but with the grace of God and with the leadership of God. Then there was Daniel, who rose and served under at least four of the Babylonian Persian kings. And yet he's just a Jewish boy that was captive, but he stood strong on his principles. Perhaps the most amazing story of all, though, is this story that we look at now, the story of Esther. Some key concepts from Esther. As I've already mentioned, Esther becomes queen. We read about that in Esther chapter 1 and chapter 2. The king, who's named in most Bibles, sometimes it's uh, some different names. Uh, Asherah is, is one name, or Aharja, I can't say it correctly, but uh, you can read it. Uh, but most of us understand him as Xerxes. In fact, the New International Version names him Xerxes. And so Esther becomes the wife after her proving, Esther becomes the wife of Xerxes. And you can read about that in chapters 1 and 2. Again, we're just glossing over some things. Let's look at a second key concept, and that is the one who is the archenemy, not only of Esther, but of all the people, all of her people, all of the Jews, and that is a man by the name of Haman. Haman, the, and listen to this last name, the Agagite. He was a descendant of Agag. Now, the Bible always has connections all the way through, and sometimes it benefits us to do a little background study of who was Agag, where did Haman come from. And so I reference you back to 1 Samuel 15, 9, where King Saul uh, of Kish, uh, son of Kish, uh, the, the uh, ruler, the king of Israel, the first king of Israel, is told to eliminate a village, a group of people, and that village is uh, of the Agagites, in fact, King Agag. For whatever reasons, uh, Saul is uh, not willing to do that. He's very lax in his, uh, in his command from Samuel and from God, and he doesn't do that work. Ultimately, the kingdom is removed from Samuel, but here's where it gets interesting. Five centuries later, here we are with Esther in Persia. And because Saul didn't do what God had said to him, which was to eliminate that village, and I know that seems harsh and I can't explain all of that to you and we can have a different discussion at some point in time, but I would simply say this, that what Saul refused to do, now Esther has to fulfill. I could make an easy joke and say that, you know, you tell a man to do it, but ultimately it's a woman that's going to finally get the job done. But in real essence, that is the truth. Because now here is Haman the Agagite, five centuries later, and he is still on a mission to do one thing, to destroy the Jewish race. And so you can read in the book of Esther about how that plot takes place. But ultimately, it's, it's important that his, to understand that, that his goal was to wipe every Jew from the face of the earth. We'll touch more on that in just a second. Let's talk about one other actor in this uh, play, if you will, this very true real-life play, and that's Mordecai. Mordecai 
is Esther's uncle, but he adopts Esther, therefore she is his adopted daughter. But Mordecai is a man of integrity. He's a man of faith. He's a man that's loyal and proud and protective. And, and God puts him in some places to, to ingratiate himself in a positive way with the king of Persia. And that opens the doors uh, to uh, a lot of things that are about to take place in the book of Esther. One of the things about the Persians that I've referenced before in different times, the Persians kept lots of books, lots of records. They were a very literate people. And Mordecai's name pops up in some of these records, certainly did with the king of Xerxes, uh, with King Xerxes. And so uh, King Xerxes rewards Mordecai for actually saving his life. So the relationship with the Persians and the Jews was pretty good during this period of time. But then there was Haman, this Agagite. And he hated the Jews. He specifically hated Mordecai, who would not bow the knee and who would not do what Haman wanted. So his plot, his plan was a pogrom. It was genocide. It was to wipe the face of the earth of every Jew. Now you may say, what does that matter? I mean, of course it matters to them, but how does that play into our lives today? My friends, just think about this for a moment. The Jewish race was down basically to those that were there in Persia at that time. There were perhaps some scattered around, but mainly the only tribe left was the tribe of Judah. Benjamin was, had been encompassed by the tribe of Judah, so let's just simply say uh, that's where the word Jews come from. The tribe of Judah was left, and now this plot comes up by a, an, a perpetual enemy of Israel that hated them, an Agagite by the name of Haman, and he's going to rid the earth of these insolent and worthless Jews. Now, think about this for a minute. What would have happened if Haman had been successful? What would have happened if the edict that was written and was in place had not Esther, uh, in, in great courage, put herself in harm's way? We'll finish out with that here in just a moment. But if that plot had come through and all of the Jews of Persia had been killed, would there, could there, have been a Messiah, a Savior, a King of the Jews? if all of the Jews had been killed. You see, my friend, if this plot had come to place, the seedbed for the coming Savior, Jesus the Christ, would have been eliminated and therefore no Savior of the world. So while we read this story about Esther and her courage and how God moved and how she was obedient and how her uncle Mordecai was involved in all of that, don't think that it's just a nice story that would make a great movie. By the way, there is a movie called One Night with the King, which tells this story in a, in a very wonderfully wonderful way. But don't think of it just as a Jewish story, just number 17 in the Bible as far as books are concerned. This Esther saves us. Because if the Jewish race had been eliminated 450 years before the birth of Christ, there would have been very possibly no Christ. So Esther is a shining light, not just for the Jews, but for us today. Here are the words we find in, in Esther chapter 4, verse 12. Uh, when, uh, <clears throat> as, uh, we're, and I'm just going to read the, the scripture here for you for just a moment. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, 
that this plot had taken place and that everything was set up for all of the Jews to be killed. Haman's hideous plot. Uh, Mordecai sent back this answer. And here's what Mordecai told Esther. Verse 12, verse 13 now. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. Now see, Esther was living with the king, and the king didn't know she was Jewish. And so she would have been preserved. She would have saved her life. But all of her people would very possibly have been eliminated. Mordecai continues on. If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will come from another place. In other words, God will raise up somebody else, Esther. Continues on. But you and your father's family will perish. And then this is the verse. The verse that I would encourage you as a memory verse to hold dear to your heart, to hide in your mind. Uh, these are the words that Mordecai says to Esther. They're the words that God is saying to many of us who are Christ followers and believers today. Because we've been given positions and we've been given opportunities and, and we've, been, we've been shined upon with favor and blessing just as Esther was without anything of our own. It's just God raising us up to be useful if we simply will answer the call. And that's what Mordecai is challenging Esther to do. Here are his words straight from the scripture and found in Esther 4.14. And who knows but you, that you have come to this royal position for such a time as this. Who knows, Esther, but that you were born for this very duty and purpose, this royal position, to save your people for such a time as this. That's the memory verse that we're going to be looking at this week, or I would encourage you to. Esther 4.14, again, as we've studied and walked through the Bible, uh, certain verses, certain concepts, certain things, if you'll just grasp hold of them, uh, my friend, uh, you, will, you will have a great understanding of the uh, books of the Bible. And so here we are in, verse, uh, in, uh, excuse me, in book 17, talking about this incredible woman by the name of Esther. The key phrase for Esther, again, Queen of Persia. As I mentioned earlier, uh, there are, I have some pictures of uh, what the palace might have looked like. I have a, a map of how large the kingdom of uh, Persia was that she was queen of and how God had raised her up to that position. Uh, so I encourage you to look at uh, the Facebook side of uh, this podcast. One other thing uh, before we close, and uh, there are some festivals that are denoted in the Bible. There are seven of them found in the book of Deuteronomy and, and uh, <clears throat> the book of Exodus. We've talked about those before in past episodes. But there is one that is not found in the law, but yet is still celebrated to this very day that has to do with Esther. That's called the Feast of Purim, or Lot's. And the Jews to this day celebrate this festival uh, to honor Esther and also to recognize, as God has done so many times throughout history, how he has divinely orchestrated situations and people to save God's plan, to save God's people, and to lift us up even when we don't understand that we're in the midst of his will. I would just say to you today, that's probably what God is doing in your life right now. Maybe you don't see it like Esther, 
but God has gifted you in some ways, and he has placed you in some positions in some amazing opportunities. And he's asking for you and myself as well to answer that call and, and say, I have been born for such a time as this. And in these days that we live in, certainly God's raising up his people to do that very thing. Well, I hope this has made some sense to you. The book of Esther. Now, next week uh, in uh, podcast number, episode number 79, we'll be looking at the book of Job and changing the course, in a sense, from history to dealing with some real-life issues that impact us all. Why is there suffering? Why is there pain? Where is the just and true God? So that's what we'll be looking at next week. Hope you can uh, tune in to next week. And if you've liked what you've heard here today, pass it on. We keep growing. I, as I said, I'm amazed by that. And yet uh, I'm thankful because my whole goal, our whole purpose here at the 24-Minute Podcast is to simply get the Bible out in an understandable way that you can uh, know and grow and become confident that what God has said is truth. Thank you for being a part today. Have a blessed week. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and look forward to continuing this journey to understanding the Bible, please subscribe to our channel. And if you would be so kind, share it with your friends who might enjoy it. We would also love it if you would leave us a review. It really does help us. Join us next week for another episode as we work our way through the Bible book by book. Have a blessed week.